What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing out there? Man, it feels so good to be back with you guys again this weekend. This is TJ with another episode of The Soapbox, and I'm feeling really energized today. I got some brand new subject matter for you guys, and I want to see if we can climb to a new height today. I'm telling you, the world is full of activity right now, and we need to be mindful and cautious about what we do, what we listen to, how we maneuver in this crazy environment. So with no further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right, so I know you guys heard in the intro, I was stressing the fact that we've got to be cautious and mindful about who we listen to and what we do and what we see and where we go. So I want to make sure you understand that today's episode is dedicated to just that. Um, The title of this episode is called The Weight of Your Words. And I want to make it clear that we need to be mindful and cautious about what we're letting into our ears and our minds in today's world. Now, I might be echoing a message or a sentiment that you've heard recently, but my motivations might be a little different than what you've heard from other people. And I'm going to put that down to you here in a minute. But we all been paying attention to everything that's been going on in the world and around us right now. So you guys know as well as I do that there's a million people out there right now just throwing comments all over the place, all types of things, people from every single walk of life that are basically putting their opinions out into the world. Now, the problem with that is that some of these people, and you've seen it too, because I have, some of these people have had to walk back some of those statements. They've had to basically apologize for things they've said. They've made videos and comments to try to clean up their original statements. And then some of them were just plain wrong, never said a single thing. But the media or the actual mainstream entertainment or whatever the case may be, the news, Somebody comes around and corrects these individuals. We've even seen situations now where the court system has had to correct a few people on particular issues going on in the world. I'm not here today to extensively discuss any particular issue where somebody may have done or said the wrong thing. But what I am here today to talk about is the danger in what these people are saying. To all of you guys out there that are listening, especially to those of you that are leaders, like myself, a leader of a particular community of people, it is important that you stress and understand that words matter. What people say matters, especially if you've got individuals following you, because these individuals cling to every word, every sentiment that you express. So it is vitally important that you are expressing information to your constituency that is thoughtful, that is studied, and that's not rhetoric. I know I keep throwing that word out there over and over and over again because our mainstream media on both sides of the fence right now is flooded with rhetoric. Yes, there's some facts thrown in there, here or there. But most of the people that are talking to you, most of the talking heads of this politically charged environment are throwing rhetoric to you. 
And it hasn't just stopped at the news level or at the media level, but it's trickled down to schools. It's trickled down to jobs. It's trickled down to churches. People who have promised you that they will tell you absolutely nothing but the truth have reduced themselves to simply repeating what they have heard on their favorite news station or repeating what they've heard from their favorite educator. Ladies and gentlemen, a leader, a true leader has to do more than that. And yet there are so many people falling victim to this level of information sharing. And that is where I begin this podcast today, because it is vitally important that we understand that we need to vet the information that is being funneled to us about everything that's going on in the world right now. Because there are some people out there that would entertain the idea that some of this information is completely factual and that the world is moving in a certain direction because of that. This isn't a new trick. This wasn't invented in 2020. This effort, this act, this ability to present a false narrative has existed since the beginning of time. And we need to be mindful and educated enough, insightful enough. And though it may be a shunned word in the world today, critical enough to look at what somebody is saying and make sure that we vet every bit of it. I want to make this clear to every leader that is listening to this podcast. If you are a leader of a group of people, it doesn't matter whether it's five or 500. You owe it to them to give them proper information. Just so I don't present myself like I'm stainless. I understand being in the position of the abuse of words. As a matter of fact, I've recently dealt with a situation myself. I was building a great friendship with someone. And in the time span of one conversation, I literally destroyed that friendship by making a statement that I probably should not have made. It was not my intention to do damage to a friendship. However, the impact of my statement was far worse than my intent. As leaders of people, we owe it to them to ensure that we view and assess the impact and the intent of our statements and what we say to people. Because those two things can be very different. Sometimes we may mean well, but because our method of delivery or because of our choice of words, that meaningful action turns into a negative outcome. In many of those situations, we do more damage than we do good. I've also experienced this with my children because many times in my effort to right their wrongs and to put them on the right path, I've chosen the wrong method or the wrong choice of words. And in turn, my actions do more damage than good. I'm no stranger to this conundrum. And you shouldn't be either. I can guarantee you everybody that's listening to this podcast can recall at least one scenario, one situation where they may have said something that did damage to another person. And that was not their intention. 
Now, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time discussing intent versus impact because that's a whole entire podcast of itself that I am yet to produce. But I do want to stress to you guys today some of the elements that we need to be vetting when it comes down to the words that we are listening to from people. I also want to produce a roadmap for leaders that are out there that are talking to large groups of people, small groups of people, medium groups of people, even one individual. Things that you need to stay away from and stir away from when you're communicating, because it is vitally important that we pay close attention to these things. They matter more than not. So the first thing that I want to make sure that we specify a leader needs to stay away from is a lie. Ladies and gentlemen, I have never seen in my history, and I am a young man, but I have lived through enough years to have seen enough to actually make this statement. I have never seen in the history of my life so many people lying to the American public. It's not just a altering of the truth. It's not just a change in statistics or numbers or facts. This is legitimately just a plain lie. That's like me sitting right in front of you right now and saying that we don't stand on solid ground. We stand on liquid, knowing that that's been proven for years. We have determined as a collective that we consider the ground, the ground, and it's solid. But I'm going to stand here in your face and dispute a fact that has been proven for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Then I'm going to turn around And I'm going to peddle this information to enough people to convince them to make it an alternate reality. Ladies and gentlemen, you can paint that picture any way you want to. It is still a lie. The world has factual information. My name is Terry Lemon Jr. You can run around the world and tell everybody you want to that my name is something else. But the truth is, That's what my name is. You can say, well, that's your truth. You can say there are ulterior facts, ulterior truths, whatever you want to say. But all those are are lies. You can change their name. You can change how you present them. But the truth of the matter is, it's a lie. Why? Because I have factual proof. How in the world have we reduced ourselves to a society that would allow people to call the truth a lie and actually generate belief. Do facts not matter anymore? Do numbers not matter anymore? Does it not mean anything that somebody has actually done the groundwork and determined that something is a thing with factual evidence to support it? Does none of that mean anything anymore? The lying leader is probably the most dangerous leader that there is because this individual will propagate something that they know is not true. They will stand in front of you and tell you something that they are calling fact that they know in their mind is a lie and they will continue to push it forward. You should be insulted when you have a leader who will lie to you about a subject. 
Another reason is because they feel like you're too stupid to either find the truth, know the truth, or understand that they're lying. That's an insult, a personal insult on your integrity and a personal insult on your intelligence. We should not stand for that type of activity. Yet I see it happening all around me. And some of you listening may be thinking that I'm simply referencing our political environment. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm looking at people in my everyday life. I'm looking at people that I deal with on a regular basis. Leaders that I know will stand in front of you and lie to your face, knowing that they know the truth and they refuse to act on it. We don't need lying leaders. And I understand. I get it. Some of you are sitting there thinking, well, every leader lies. Every leader tells a fib here and there. Every leader has secrets. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about what we've dealt with normally. This year has produced abnormal activity. Nobody can deny that. But we're not going to stop there at the lie because the next one's just as infuriating. Secondly, we have the hypocritical leader. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you the truth. I feel very insulted when I'm dealing with a leader who lies to me. But I think what insults me more is a leader who will present a position and stand on it, but picks and chooses when that position applies. It is totally hypocritical to take a stance on a particular thing, but when it's convenient for you, you back away from that stance. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a hypocrite if I've ever seen one. I've got another example, but I want to stress this too, because this one really sort of punches me in the gut. We've got so many people running around the world right now yelling and screaming about brotherly love, unity, compassion for your neighbor. As a matter of fact, those are foundations of the church, of Christianity. Yet we've got tons, thousands, maybe millions, of these same individuals right now that are yelling and screaming that they don't want to wear masks. I don't even see how you can have the conversation. Okay, let's rationalize a couple things. First off, do we know everything about this disease? No, we don't. Secondly, have we been given multiple explanations and information that continues to change on a regular basis? Yes, we have. So, is it safe for us to say that the people who are in charge of understanding this disease and giving us information probably don't know as much as they say they know about the disease? Absolutely. My question to you is, after we have answered all of those questions, so what? So what? I know for a fact, because I've been keeping up with it from day one, that at one point in time, Dr. Fauci said that wearing a mask wasn't that good of an idea. I also know that as he learned more about the disease, he changed his mind. I also know that the CDC has put out multiple changes in the social distancing, whether it's six feet, 10 feet, four feet, whatever the case may be. I know this, but why in the world should you care? What changes? If you really truly care about me, if you really truly care about the people around you, then your position should simply be, I'm going to do whatever they suggest, not for my own benefit, 
but for the benefit of my neighbor. Now, I know there's a bunch of people out there that don't agree with that. I know that there's a bunch of people out there that feel like some of this stuff is infringing on their rights and their privileges. I get that. But understand something, especially those of you out there that call yourself Christians. If you are really what you say you are, then the Bible clearly says that we are to live and care for our neighbors, even if it means pain, even if it means struggle, even if it means that it is at our own fault. Ladies and gentlemen, wearing a mask is probably going to be uncomfortable. I hate it. I have to wear them at work every day, all day. But I do it because it is what is required of me. And I also do it because I care for those around me. Now, I know there's some people who say, well, the mask doesn't protect you 100%. Okay, neither does a bulletproof vest, but cops still wear them. People who go hunting wear camouflage so that they can hide themselves from the animals. Does it completely camouflage you? No, but they still do it because it adds a layer. We're not saying, nobody is saying that wearing a mask is going to keep you from getting or giving this disease 100%. What they are saying is, is that wearing a mask helps. So if you don't want to help, then that means that you don't care. Do I know people that wear masks that still caught the disease? I sure do. Do I know people who don't wear the mask that haven't caught the disease? I sure do. You know what my response to all of that is? So what? Who cares? Why is that even a conversation? You are not going to get a foolproof explanation of what we should or shouldn't do in this case because we don't have a foolproof explanation for any virus we have. The flu's been around forever, been killing people for hundreds of years. And we don't have a foolproof explanation for that. Yet we do what we can to help the population deal with the crisis. It is hypocritical. And I make this statement clearly, and I don't care who doesn't like it. It is hypocritical for you to say that you care for your brother, your sister, your neighbor, and refuse to wear a mask. That is a hypocritical statement. But that just leads me to my real example of hypocrisy when it comes down to our leaders. And it all sort of falls into this whole pro-life movement. I don't even understand. I mean, I can trace it historically, but I just don't understand how we ever got to the point where we considered pro-life as only covering unborn life. I know that the statement that I'm about to make is going to be very controversial, but it just is what it is. If you are a pro-life advocate, but you can't extend your care and compassion to the multiple African-Americans who have been killed by rogue police officers, you are not pro-life. You are not pro-life at all. You are simply anti-abortion. So stop being hypocritical in your statement because all you are doing is being a sounding board for a platform. That's all you are. If you truly cared about life, then you care about all life, not just unborn life, but life that's here, life that's fading, life that's definitely in struggle right now. Don't tell me that you care so much about a child who hasn't been born. That you march and fight and 
degrade confused women when they make these choices that are negative and harsh. Don't tell me that. But you can't fight and march and stand in line and lockstep with me and others when it is clear that an unjust act has happened that has taken the life of an individual that would not normally happen. Now, right now, I know that some of y'all are sitting there saying, oh my gosh, here we go again. He can't be referring to how police officers are killing black guys. Well, I am. And my next statement clearly demonstrates why I continue to talk about it. See, we can trace hypocrisy back to historical times. We can talk about all kinds of events that happened years ago. And so many people can sit there and say, well, that was the 40s. That was the 50s. That was the 60s. You know, the 70s was bad. And and just give excuse after excuse. So I'm not going to talk about anything that happened back then. I'm going to talk about what happened last Sunday. Last Sunday, we experienced in America one of the most hypocritical actions that could ever happen. But what was worse than the action that happened was the coverage and the statements that were made afterwards. Many of you that are listening may not have heard about the situation in New York with the co-owner of Max Public House named Danny Presti. Now, let me tell you the backstory of Mr. Presti. Before we talk about this hypocrisy, so Mr. Presti and his co-owner decided that they were going to buck New York's ban or restrictions on the actions that they were taking so that they could actually get control of the coronavirus outbreak in their area. Mr. Presti and his co-owner decided that they were going to turn their business into an autonomous business. That meant that they were not going to be subject to any restrictions that were given whatsoever. Then shortly after that, they decided that they were going to conduct a protest against these restrictions at their location of business. Now, of course, this was after the police had already raided the place because they were in violation. To make a long story short, Mr. Presti was about to be arrested. He resisted and ran, got to his car, and began to drive off. The deputies attempt to stop him, and he hits one of the deputies and actually carries the man on the hood of his car for a 100 yards before the car is stopped and Mr. Presti is taken into custody. Now, to make matters worse, Mr. Presti was released from jail with no bond. You see, it's situations like this that remind me of Charleston. You know, nine people get killed inside of a church service. And the young man that did the shooting not only gets taken alive, but he gets taken to Burger King and fed because he's hungry. Mr. Presti is a white male. I don't have to talk to you guys about the bias of the system, about the racial discrimination in the system. I've said tons about it. So I don't have to illustrate to you what would have happened had Mr. Presti been a black man. We already know. 
we'd be having a different conversation. He'd be dead. They would have shot and killed him for resisting, let alone injuring a deputy. You can watch this video and see Presty drive into the deputy. You can watch other video and see Presty captured alive, being escorted alive. And that's a slap in the face to every African-American male in this country, because we can also watch videos of our brothers and sisters being shot and killed for less. So I don't want to hear anybody say that there is no bias. There's no systemic racism. When a man can hit a deputy with a car and live to tell about it, you're not going to tell me that there's nothing there. Not to mention he got out of jail with no bail, none, zero. And we're not even talking about the deep South. We're not talking about anywhere where racism is still kicking alive and well in your face. We're talking about New York, the melting pot of the country. This man walks out of jail after hitting a deputy and injuring him with no bail. If it had been me, you'd be discussing my funeral right now. But that's not even the hypocrisy that I want to, to talk about. The hypocrisy that I want to talk about is the coverage afterwards. Because certain news stations that were absolutely critical of all of the Black Lives Matter protests, whether they turned into riots or not, peaceful protests all over the country, and they should be viewed as criminals. They should be viewed as individuals who are causing the virus to spread more. Why are they allowed to protest when we have a global pandemic going on? These same people who were critical of these individuals praised the protests that happened at Presti's business. You can't trample over these people's rights. They are simply standing up for what they believe is some of the statements that were made. But you didn't hear these people say any of this stuff when we were standing arm in arm, hand in hand for social justice. And that's sad that that hypocrisy is not called out. But it didn't stop there. These same news stations invited Presty to be interviewed, held him as a hero in what is only considered treason. If it would have been a black man, he would have been called a criminal. It would have been said that he shouldn't resist because it's been said so many other times. Ladies and gentlemen, this is hypocrisy. We don't need hypocritical leaders. We don't need lying leaders. We don't need hypocritical leaders. Now, the third one I've talked about a little bit before. It's very important because it, it tells the depth of the leader. We don't need leaders who argue what I call, and what many people call, the false binary. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. There are no issues in the world right now that are as simple as black and white. Everything's gray. And you need leaders that are willing to accept that struggle. I'm not going to be able to just simply blanket explain all of our problems. Some stuff takes a deep dive. And sometimes there are more options than not. I just want to touch on the abortion thing again, because there are so many people out there that have you pulling in one direction or another. Either you're for abortion or you're against it. It's not that simple, ladies and gentlemen. 
It really isn't. First off, no woman, I don't care if it's her body or not, no woman should be allowed to simply go out and have all the sex she wants, get pregnant, and just throw babies away. Nobody should be able to do that. That is murder. And anybody who doesn't believe that, you have a problem. Like, there is seriously an issue internally. If you can't understand that there should never be anything contraceptive about abortion. But so many people on the opposite side want to make the claim that no abortion is acceptable. First off, since so many people of the Christian background, my background, want to make this claim, then maybe some of you should research the fact that prior to any time past the 70s, we accepted abortion when it dealt in the realm of rape or the possible health of the mother. As a matter of fact, some of the most prominent evangelicals of that time frame said that the mother's care should always come first. We should always be primarily thinking about the mom. We just recently moved into this era of saying that no abortion is acceptable. And that's a political movement. That's not a God movement. There should never be somebody on the other side saying that we should be able to abort a child at any level. You get all the way up until seven, eight months into the pregnancy and you want to abort the child? That's ridiculous. But see, there are people that are feeding you one or the other. Life is not a one of the other type of situation. There is always middle ground. There's always a win-win. We have to compromise. That is the only way we exist. You can't sit around and think that things are going to be black and white and that's how you're going to live your life. You are going to have a hard road ahead of you because sometimes you have to bend. That's necessary. You may think that you sound noble saying that you don't believe in any type of abortion. But when you make that statement, you are saying to every woman out there who could be dying because of her pregnancy, that her life doesn't matter because your convictions are so important. You tell every woman out there who's been raped, raped by family members, raped by people she didn't even know in the streets, raped and given diseases. You tell that same woman that no matter what happened to her, no matter how much trauma she's been through, she still needs to carry that baby with that trauma attached to that child for nine months and then give birth to it and look it in the face every day with that same trauma attached to how she's supposed to care for that child. That's what you're telling them. But then on the opposite side, if you're sitting there saying to the world that no matter what the situation is, a woman should be able to decide whether or not she has a child, then you clearly have little care for the empathy of those that cannot fight for themselves. The last element that I'm going to talk about today is a leader with a lack of knowledge. Listen, this is so vitally important. If you are going to lead people, if you are going to entertain a leader, it is vitally important that the leader researches what they're talking about. Don't just get in front of people and talk your feelings. Don't just get in front of people and talk what you've heard from others. 
You can't just live on surface information because everything that exists right now has much deeper meaning, much deeper history than just sitting there taking the word and the advice of your favorite news station. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to every single leader that's listening. I don't care what background you have. I don't care who you decide to cling to. You should be a researcher. You should be someone who assesses the information that they are presenting to people. And don't make the mistake of getting a feeling and then going and searching for information that supports your feeling. No, you need to make sure that you understand the subject matter that you are talking about and you have enough factual information to support it. There are too many people nowadays standing in front of people, leading conferences, leading meetings, and there I say leading churches who don't know anything about the things that they're saying. It is vitally important when you have the charge of taking over people, you need to be able to guide people with factual information. I have been in the leadership business for years now. Not only am I a leader at church, but I'm a leader at home. Not only am I a leader at home, but I'm a leader at work. Not only am I a leader at work, I'm a leader in specialty activity. I have been in charge of leading anything from two to three people to three to 400 people. There is absolutely no way that I could gather or find any success in these areas if I hadn't taken the time to research the subject matter that I had to present to these people. If I didn't take the time to research the situations that we were facing, you cannot be a true leader. And notice I didn't say successful. I said true. You cannot be a true leader if you have not done the research necessary to guide your people down a path that is legitimate because they need to know sound information. Anything less than that, and you are not providing them with A-plus leadership. So what's our guideline? What's our path? If you are a leader, you don't need to be lying to your people about subjects. If you are a follower of this leader, then you don't need to be just listening to anything and everything they say. You need to vet it. You need to assess it. If you are a leader, then you don't need to be hypocritical. Stop taking a stance, but making that stance convenient. And if you are a follower of this leader, you need to call them on their hypocrisy. When you see it, don't just brush it off to the side. Acknowledge it because it exists. If you are a leader, you need to stop peddling to your people the false binary. Life is not just either or. There's a lot that's in between. And if you're a follower, stop falling victim to people convincing you that you can only do either or. And finally, if you are a leader, you need to be knowledgeable. You need to be on a continuous search to advance whatever subject matter you're talking about. And if you're a follower of this leader, you need to ensure that this leader understands that you are not going to accept the simplicity of laziness. You want thoughtful progressive, critical thinking when it comes down to issues that you have to deal with each and every day. Because if not, 
you're not going to be equipped to do so. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the types of leaders that we need to make sure that we stir away from and try our best to find leaders that fall into the opposite categories that I just listed. And I'm sure there are more that you've thought about. I am not so tied up into what I have in my head to know that there are things that I may have left out. And I'm sure there are many of you that are thinking of other issues that could clearly be just as important as these four. But without a shadow of a doubt, right now, in this world, I am seeing these four elements play out more than any other elements that we've seen in the past. And we need to figure out a way to stop this now. Or we are headed for a situation where no one will be able to believe, stand for, or support any legitimate issue in the world. Well, all right, that's what I got for you guys today. I thank you so much, my soapboxes, for listening and tuning in. Continue to listen. Continue to stay on. I'm telling you guys I'm going to continue with some more information as we move forward and closer. We're getting close to the Christmas holiday, so I hope you guys are getting prepared for that. I'm going to have a special message that week, and we'll top off the year by starting with our leadership course. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. Peace.